Welcome to Factor Magri, dedicated to New Zealand's primary industry. Each week, I talk with farmers and growers, industry, the science community, and policymakers to hear their views and opinions on matters relevant to both our rural and our urban communities. This week on Factor Magri, the first episode in a series on sheep milk. Today, I'm talking with scientist Sue McCord on farm systems for dairy sheep. Sue is with me now. Hello, Sue. Thank you for your time today. Pleasuring us. How is life on farm currently? Plenty happening, is there? Uh, definitely plenty happening. Uh, always the case. It's good, though. Yeah. Whereabouts are you based? Based in Palmerston North. Yep. Okay. Very good. Please, can you tell me a bit about the work that you do with Ag Research? I guess my research focuses mostly on understanding the effects of the environment uh, on lifetime animal performance. And by environment, I'm including things like the quality and the amount and type of diets that we feed our animals, including specific nutrients, effects of different management practices, such as weaning ages and uh, rearing practices. Mm -hmm. And I've got a particular interest in young stock, which includes um, the prenatal period, so before our lambs and calves are born, Mm. and thus that includes the pregnant dam but also her progeny uh, and that sort of spans across cow and sheep dairy systems as well as dairy, beef and meat sheep production systems. Mm, Interesting. Now I understand you have been part of some research looking at dairy sheep. What was the purpose of this research? So yeah, the um, over the last ten years or so, I've been involved with a wide group of people um, looking at different aspects of dairy sheep production systems, both on and off farm. For me personally, um, I've worked closely with the dairy sheep industry and my colleagues in the research sector, particularly around lamb rearing systems. So this is including things uh, like understanding factors that are affecting lamb survival, evaluating different types of rearing systems on the growth and health, and both the meat and milk production of our lambs. So it's included evaluation of different feeding systems, weaning systems, feed formulations and those sort of things. Um, And we've looked at animal performance, cost of production, and also the impact on the biology of the animal. Uh, As a physiologist, I'm particularly interested in how Uh, Those environmental effects affect the animal itself, including its metabolic and immune system and gastrointestinal development. So I work with a wide range of colleagues in that space. Mm, Interesting. Um, We've also been doing some work on um, natural and artificial rearing systems, but also um, looking at better utilisation of the surplus juvenile animals from our dairy sheep systems for novel meat products, which is quite an exciting um, and a very important area for the industry. Mm, Indeed. So how does a sheep compare to a cow in terms of milk production currently? And I suspect there is lots of work going into the genetics of sheep to improve milk production and, of course, maintaining the meat value as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, Obviously, being a smaller animal, a sheep produces less milk than a cow, but it Mm. does have a higher solids content than Mm -hmm. cow's milk uh, and a number of different attributes of the milk itself that's different to to cow's milk. Some recent figures from Spring Sheep Milk Company indicate that the average milk yield is around 300 litres per ewe in commercial ewe flocks, can be up to about 350 litres per ewe in the stud flocks, Mm -hmm. and that's over a 270-day lactation. And... uh, their top producing ewe um, had uh, 
almost 750 litres over this time frame. So um, quite a lot of variation. And yeah. yes, genetics is a major focus of the industry to improve production uh, and breeding programs have been set up following the importation of new genetics from Europe in 2017 to be able to support that genetic improvement. Um, with the industry still in the growth phase, the focus has primarily been on improving genetics for, for milk production and overall efficiency of the ewe flock. However, as these flocks become more established, introduction of terminal size to improve meat production in those surplus young animals is also being explored and starting to be used on some of our farms. Mm, fascinating. So what sort of breed of sheep are we talking about here? So the main sheep breeds include East Frisian, Lacoon, uh, and also a bit of Manesh and Pole Dorset and a little bit of Oasi genetics. Mm. There are some purebred flocks around, such as the Dairy Mead, which is based on an East Frisian that's been adapted to New Zealand conditions for the outdoor management systems. Mm. But most of our dairy sheep now in New Zealand are essentially a composite, such as the Zealandia and the Southern Cross breeds. Um, and they have a, a, a dominant sort of genetic space of East Frisian and Lacoon, uh, but with some of those other genetics that I mentioned mixed in there for hybrid figure. Mm. How do lamb rearing systems differ to support milk production, if at all? Yeah, there's a wide range of lamb rearing systems used across the industry. Uh, there's a lot of factors that influence the type of rearing system that is used, and that can include the availability and the skill level of labour. Uh, the infrastructure required and what may be available uh, and ability to actually install new infrastructure because it can be very expensive. So setup costs are important and also flock size. Our dairy sheep tend to be pretty highly fecund with East Frisian dominant flocks scanning okay. above 200% up to 240%. Really? While lacoon dominant flocks are more like sort of that 160, 180. So when you've got an average ewe flock of about a thousand ewes, which is sort of the, the, the common size, there's Days, mm -hmm. there can be more than 2,000 lambs to be reared. So that requires significant scale in terms of the, the setup of the lamb rearing systems. So there's two main systems that are used. They're either artificial rearing where the lambs are remo removed from the ewe at two or three days of age, so they get plenty of colostrum from mum, let mum mm. do her job. Yep. Um, and then those lambs are either reared on automatic feeders or using a restricted milk feeding system. Um, and the ewe then goes onto the milking platform and milked for, for commercial milk production. So that system maximises the harvest of the commercial milk, but has a higher cost of lamb rearing. Um, right. And in some cases, there are contract rearers that are used uh, to support the lamb rearing operation, or they're sold on to specialist rearers for meat production. Um, and the other um, general system is that is more common in the smaller flocks, but it's becoming more common as a management um, practice for a portion of the larger flocks is natural rearing, where the ewe rears her own lambs until about five or six weeks of age, and then they are weaned. So that is earlier than a traditional meat sheep system where you may be weaning at about 10 to 12 weeks of age. So that system does result in lower yield of commercial milk because you lose that first five to six weeks of milk production, but does have significantly lower costs associated with the lamb rearing um, itself. In terms of our grass-fed feeding systems in New Zealand, how does animal nutrition for dairy sheep currently work or compare to a normal sheep grazing system? 
I guess it would be fair to say that animal nutrition for dairy sheep is more similar to dairy cow systems than it is for our traditional meat sheep systems. Right. And the reason for that is um, supplementary feeds are commonly used to complement the pasture base, um, particularly when feed quality and quantity is not suitable to meet requirements because they do have very high nutritional requirements to support lactation. Uh, they do need to have that additional feed and we want them to continue to, to lactate as well. So you have to keep that feed quality and quantity up. And the ewes are also fed um, supplementary feed on the milking platform, which uh, gives them access to additional um, energy, usually in the form of grain, and to provide additional vitamin and mineral supplements to meet those high nutritional requirements. But from a pasture perspective, mm. both dairy and meat sheep systems require good quality forages available in sufficient quantities um, to, to meet those nutritional requirements of the ewes and her lambs throughout the year. So from a pasture's perspective, it's quite similar. Um, mm, okay. So what has been done in terms of the study and what methods were used? So there's been a range of different studies uh, that have been undertaken to improve dairy sheep farming systems. They've included evaluation of different housing systems, different forages, uh, different environmental footprint studies, different rearing systems, mm. uh, to, and farm system configuration systems, um, how you go about converting from a, a dairy cow to a dairy sheep system, and so forth. Uh, so some examples of those studies are actually available on the AgriSearch website um, we people can get access to the research that's been done for, for dairy sheep. Uh, and the industry is also leading a lot of systems research in terms of optimising farm system configuration for the new entrants and providing their support to the new entrants coming into the industry. And what outcomes have you seen, Sue? Some examples of outcomes, um, a key one would be the use of housing barns. About five to seven years ago, there was a big focus on using um, housing barns for our dairy sheep. And a lot of that was driven by importation of new genetics and concern around whether they would be able to cope in our environments. Uh, but now our animals are mostly managed outdoors on pasture. And the barns um, that have been installed on farms, some farms, um, are used more strategically. So, for example, to meet nutritional requirements during droughts, uh, essentially using them like a feed pad, um, giving them access to their supplementary feeds following milking, um, and also indoor lambing on some farms uh, is where barns get used. And they can also be used in peak summer. Uh, when weather conditions just get too hot. Uh, some of our dairy sheep are quite susceptible to, to strong sun, so getting them out of the heat of the sun during the day can be, be quite useful as well. Um, other outcomes include um, improved rearing practices, as I talked about before, um, and a range of different practices have been developed and implemented on farm to give the producers different options for lamb rearing. Um, and there's also been a growing network uh, to provide the technical support for farmers to look at those different lamb rearing options and to help them on farm set those up. Mm. And I also see the nutritional management of our ewe flocks has also improved. Obviously, the genetics are improving, but mm. the nutritional management has also improved through um, better use of forages and different types of for forages, strategic use of supplements, and that has flow-on benefits for milk production, reproductions, and, and animal health uh, and also um, better performance of their their progeny. So together, the industry and science, by working together, have um, built a really strong value proposition for dairy sheep uh, as a viable land use opportunity. Yeah, it's fantastic work. 
As it currently stands, how does increased milk production from said sheep impact the quality of meat protein produced from the same animal? So yes, surplus lambs and dairy sheep systems are routinely reared for milk uh, for meat production, uh, and they go into the same markets as our lamb um, from meat sheep systems. So depending on the rearing system that's used, they may take slightly longer to reach their slaughter targets, um, but there hasn't been any barriers with rearing these lambs for meat production. And we've done studies into the effect of different uh, feeding systems on growth and performance of those animals, and they, they have the ability to be able to meet those uh, slaughter targets uh, in terms of weight and condition by four or so months of age. So not all that different to our traditional meat sheep systems. They do have a, a slightly different um, confirmation of the carcass depending right. on the, the base breed, but yep. it hasn't been a barrier for, um, for rearing those surplus animals for meat. Okay. And we're not seeing any significant changes to dressing out weights or percentage weights? Not really. Um, I think same sort of variability as you can see across the different yeah. breeds in our traditional meat sheep production systems. And I think uh, it, it, a lot of it comes down to the management on farm and mm. feeding practices on, on farm for those animals. So yeah, yes, there's variability, but probably no more variability than what you see in, in meat sheep okay. systems. Uh, does depend on your base. Your lacoon genetics are a, a dual purpose meat and milk producing animals so they yep. are quite a um quite a uh, chunky animal so they have uh, a lot greater yield than say an east frisian which is a bit more of a leggy animal but um yeah there's no yeah. barriers i don't think there is the dairy sheep market one that you see significant growth in for the future yes i do see dairy sheep as a profitable and sustainable farm system uh, diversification option, and I do see that there will be continued growth in this industry. The sheep are quite cool in that they're a multi-purpose small ruminant, um, and they are part of our sustainable future because they can be productive on non-human edible feeds uh, in our mm. pasture lands. So dairy sheep farming offers the opportunity to harness both the, um, the productive capacity of our grasslands to produce food and fibre products. So that includes meat, milk, wool, and our, our byproducts. And in turn, by using that grasslands resource to meet those feeding requirements for, for our sheep flocks, we're providing ecosystem services to towns and communities, such as you know, employment opportunities, um, you know, local food products, those sorts of things, um, supporting the wider community, not just the farm system itself. And I think future success of the industry will be underpinned by um, continued farmer and processor and marketing-led innovations um, across that supply chain. And maintaining a close connection between industry and science, I think, is really important to uh, address the short, medium and long-term challenges in the same way that we've been addressing the challenges getting the industry established over the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, and that will contribute to uh, this rapidly growing and dynamic industry. So I think it does have an exciting future. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And we'd all love to see strong wool prices get back to a profitable state for our farmers. And let's say that happens in, uh, in the future. And hopefully, I can't see why it won't long term. I'm confident around that at some point, we will see strong wool come back. But from a farmer's perspective, having one animal with three lines of revenue off of it, I mean, they must be unique in that respect. Oh, 
absolutely unique in that you've got, as you say, those those three sort of key product outcomes, including your, your co-products. And I think the other unique thing about sheep is that because they're highly fecund, they, they tend to have more than one lamb, um, whether they're in the traditional meat sheep flocks or in our dairy sheep flock, um, we have the ability to actually reduce environmental footprint of our farming systems by capitalising on that eco-efficiency. If we're putting feed into those capital stock units, those ewes, and they're each able to produce two or three really viable animals for either meat production or, or future milk production, retaining them within the flock, um, we don't need as many cap- capital stock animals as well. Mm, so yeah. from an environmental perspective and an efficiency perspective, huge opportunity um, and one that we shouldn't be underestimating. Mm, completely agree. Thank you very, very much for your time today. Absolute pleasure, Angus. Interesting work, to say the least, and I'm looking forward to continuing with this series of interviews on dairy sheep. How good is the sheep? I'm all ears if anyone can provide a better farm animal. Birth percentage rates north of 200%, milk production, a wool clip, lamb meat. How good? It was interesting hearing some of the results in the study. And one of the results I found interesting is that feeding systems can influence the production and flavour of sheep milk. Ewes fed a total mixed ration indoors produced milk with high concentrations of the compounds associated with strong flavour than ewes grazing on pasture. The milk from ewes fed a total mixed ration also had a higher flavour value than milk from pasture grazed ewes, which would likely cause a more sheepy flavor of products such as cheese yogurt and powder interesting stuff tune in next week as i take another look at the science supporting the dairy sheep industry that's all for me this week thank you for listening and catch you next time